0: Uh, The first week, let me bring you up to speed very quickly so that we can land this plane and go where we need to go with it for today. The first week we came to you, we introduced to you a panel of five people, our board and two pastoral team leaders of ours, Frank and Linda Hester. And we basically were asking them five uh, practical questions that we felt that you would be asking as well that were out there on your daily life and life, money, and hope. Because let's, listen, guys, if we're honest with ourselves, money affects every single one of us in this room. Try to pay, not pay your power, power bill for a while. See how far that gets you. Uh, everybody's dependent on money in some sense. And if we want to be careful depending on the world's way to provide that provision that's necessary. If we're going to trust God's way, we have to learn what God's way is to be able to do that. And so when you listen to those guys that came up here that week, it was pretty awesome to hear uh, Ricky and Artie. Ricky, uh, you know, is a business leader, over 30 employees. Artie is real successful in the professional world. And uh, their wives are just behind everything that they're doing. And then you see Frank and Linda, and they really do a lot of the marriage counseling in the realm of finances and setting up budgets, uh, you know, for people and helping people along that realm. But, you know, what was really cool was we began to hear some of the thread of the things that they shared that were an official in that realm for them that enabled them to be successful. Uh, I love what Ricky said. He said that you know I, I've actually found out I'm doing a lot better on the 90 percent than I was ever the 100 percent, and he says, i'm not working for five dollars an hour anymore. A lot of you in here wouldn't even remember what five dollars an hour was because it 's not even there anymore. but it was really powerful the things he said, but there was a common thread, and when we went in the back room before the second service, we talked about it. Which led me to come into you the second week and I shared with you that any success, there's a thread or there's something that's very a common denominator in it. And that's consistency is attached to it. And the same thing with doing things God's way. And, and that's what I see where Christians fail the most is inconsistency. And then God kind of gets the blame for what's going on in our own life because of the inconsistency. And if you just go all in with this thing, whatever it is in life, money or any area of your life, just stay with it. Stay focused on it and do it consistent. That's where you'll see the reward and reap the reward in any area, not just in money. But what's happened is we're afraid to talk about money in church because we've always, you've kind of got the impression that they're trying to get something from me or someone's trying to get something, uh, you know, to get me to sow this or do this or be here and do this. And we're missing the whole point of what money is about in the kingdom of God. And hopefully by the end of today, I'll be able to answer some of that for you because there is... The most important question that I think we've got to ask at the end of this series. It's the most important. And I believe it's found in one principle and it's called the principle of first. We'll talk about it here in a minute. But what we did is we came in and we answered that thing that consistency is important. And then after that, we uh, had a guest speaker last week. Anybody here for last week? Was that awesome or what? Yes, it was good friend of mine, Steve Miller, he was one of our first board members of our church, and my pastor, they kind of got us kicked off and started. Very successful in the realm of business. Uh, what I like about him last week is he didn't tell you that, in the sense of telling you what his accolades were. And that showed me the humbleness, which has always been who I've always known him to be. But he's very successful. 27 companies, uh, plants, 27 plants, over 1,500 employees. He's just doing very well. But he pointed out something that I think was very important that Christians really ignore. And he says, do the tough things first. And we want it easy. And we don't realize that consistency is tough. Because there's a lot of highs and lows that come in life especially in the realm of finances. I don't care if you're a Christian or not. I don't care if you're a faithful tither or a giver. It doesn't matter. There's still highs and lows. But when you're in a low or in a high, you still have to do what I think is the most important question, and that is, are we going to live by a principle that's in front to back of the Scripture? And that's the principle of first. That's the answer. And we have to understand, this is not necessary because in the principle of first, you know, we talk a lot about heart because in the New Covenant, it is all about heart. No one makes us do anything. We can choose to live however we want. It's up to us. You know what actually how sin is defined? It's very simple in the New Covenant. Sin is defined this way. To know the right thing to do and don't do it. (laughs) Nothing more than that. So sometimes we've got to go into the Scriptures and find out, is this sin? Is this something wrong? Is this something that's... Maybe there's a better way to do it. Well, we've said it from start to finish in this whole series. God's way is definitely a better way. Because He doesn't leave you. He doesn't fail you. He doesn't quit on you. He doesn't change with the market. <laughs> I mean, his market's always high. Even in your lowest point, his market's always high. So here's what I want to talk about. I've got just a short amount of time with you this morning. And I'm going to walk through, just say, I'm going to start right in Genesis. I wasn't going to, but I am today. I, I, I just got led to go that direction to start with. And so I want you to go to Genesis with me. Genesis chapter 4. And I want you to see just kind of the heart attitude. I'm going to talk to you about tithing at the end of today's service. I really am. I'm going to take about 10 minutes on it and show you what the scriptures say about it. We've waved that in and throughout the whole series so far. But I don't think you can understand tithing until you understand the principle behind it. It's just, can I let you know maybe a cool truth to realize? Why do you think God invented tithing? And the big answer that we always hear is we can set up His kingdom on the earth. He doesn't need you to do that. God brought water from a rock. (laughs) He brought manna from heaven. He doesn't need your money to do what He wants to do. But He does need your faith. And He does need your heart. And you have to understand that there's a principle throughout Scripture of first. And when you understand that, you can begin to wrap your heart around how this thing functions so that it's a better way for your life. Genesis chapter 4. Go there with me. We're going to look at starting in verse 2. Now since this just came to me, I'm having to use my phone and I can see it better down here. So here we go. Start in verse 2. I'm never accepting that. I'm just telling you I'm not. (laughs) Just kidding. They won't do it in this. (laughs) Here we go. Verse 2. Later... She gave birth to his brother Abel. Of course, we know what this is. This is Adam and Eve. She's having Cain and Abel. So we're starting in verse 2. Now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil in the course of the time. Cain brought some of the first fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. Let me say that again. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. Everybody say some. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. Say firstborn. Firstborn of his flock. And the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. And so Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. You ever seen somebody being blessed more than you? And you get envious and you wonder why? Why? I see it when we bring different people in front of you to share with them and you hear from people that are very successful. I see people's faces. Your faces tell a big story sometimes. Before you get envy and downcast and figure out and try to find out why are they successful in a sense and getting a bad attitude towards them, don't be like Cain and Abel. Because Cain got a bad heart towards Abel because God accepted his offering but he didn't accept his. Listen to what happened. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? Isn't it interesting? You can't pull anything over God. You just can't. If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? So there has to be a right way. If the question's there, there has to be a right way when it comes to the subject of money, when it comes to God's ways. Because this is their income. This is how they make. This is how they live. This is the beginning of time. So he says, if you do the right thing, won't it work out for you? He goes on to say, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. So listen, you know that maybe you don't. The rest of the story, what did, what did Cain do? He committed murder, cured his, killed his brother. All because of a dollar. All because God approached him and didn't accept his offering because of the place the offering had in his life. It wasn't first. Since he brought some of his fruit and Abel brought the first of his fruit, he brought the best. The most important question you can answer will be found in the principle of first. Because where your heart, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. And what that tells me is that if I'm investing in something and I'm giving attention to it, that will, I'll definitely give attention to what's important and priority to me. You never invested in stocks, you start investing in stocks and you see it prosper, guarantee, I know what you're going to be looking at. Am I right? And so here it tells me something very powerful in this truth and I want to go to Exodus now and keep looking at the principle of first real quick. But in that, you saw something very powerful. He said, this is in your control. Sin and unblessing, if I can use the word unblessing, was up to Cain at the moment. And it's awesome because God warned him and said, you can do something about this and change this because it's lurking at your door. Every single day of your life, when it comes to the realm of finances in God's way, you will be tested. Every time you get a paycheck, you will be tested with the principle of first. Am I going to worship God with my money first? Am I going to honor Him with what He says belongs to Him? Can I let you in on another truth? You cannot give tithes. You can't give what doesn't belong to you. You have to bring it. It doesn't belong to you. And so what's so important about that, again, as we begin to weave this through the Old to the New Testament. This is very personal to the Father that we serve. So personal that Jesus, you'll find out, was part of the first fruits for you and I. It was his first principle. To redeem you back because you were lost and you were spotted, you were unclean, he wanted to redeem you back. Look in Exodus chapter 13. I know I got your attention now, you got really quiet. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Consecrate, set apart, sacrifice, Consecrate to me all the firstborn, Whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, Both man and beast, it is mine. Say firstborn. Firstborn. It is mine. So God's telling us something very clear. This is first, and this belongs to me. Go down to verse 12 that you shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb. That is, every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have, the male shall be the Lord's. Say, say, shall be the Lord's. Be the Lord. But every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck, and all the firstborn of man among your sons shall be redeemed. In other words, if you don't do the right thing with it, you're going to lose it anyway. The principle of first seen in the Scripture the first must be sacrificed, it must be redeemed. It must be sacrificed and redeemed with the firstborn. How, do, how does this apply to you and I? Just hold on with me, I want you to see something by the time we get to the New Testament. Here, God gave them two different animals that represented something. He gave them a donkey, the donkey represented unclean. He gave them a lamb, it represented the clean. If, you clean, if your clean animal has a firstborn, then it has to be sacrificed, given first. If your unclean animal has a firstborn, then it has to be redeemed with the sacrifice of the clean. You say, how does that happen to you and I today? Let me ask you something. How does it affect you? How were you born spiritually? You were born dead. You were born unclean. You were born with a sin nature. Something had to be given first to redeem you back. Let me ask you something, parents. How do you know that you were born with a sin nature? Do you have to teach your kids how to be bad? No, No, you don't. It's in them. You have to transform them and renew them to learning what is the good. And it's funny how when you begin to talk about this, when you begin to talk about subjects such as tithing, and people start to talk negatively about tithing, I'm convinced it's because we don't really understand the principle behind it. Or people are just flat out disobedient to it. Let me tell you something, guys. Jesus was given before you ever accepted Him in a way of perfection. And He didn't wait till you got perfect to be given for you. Your Father, do you realize this? If you can go there with me on it, did you know that Jesus was the Father's tithe for you? It was His Lamb that was unspotted. And while we were spitting on Him, while we were beating Him, while He was hung on a cross, God had still given Him because He saw you coming this way. And the first fruits, what this begins to do is to reveal the heart of a father from the beginning all the way into the New Testament that there's got to be something to this first thing. And for some reason, we're so caught up with a 10% and a 90%, we're focusing on the number, and the number has nothing to do with it. It's the heart of the father saying, look, will you trust me? Will you believe that I'm going to come behind you and make sure windows of heaven, you'll never be begging for bread? Are you going to really trust me in your life, in your money, and with your hope? We're arguing over something because we're afraid... And that's the biggest thing that keeps people from doing any kind of giving in a church is you're absolutely afraid that you're going to, they're going to do something wrong with it. That's your first mistake. You're giving it to the wrong thing. You're not giving it to God. You're giving it to the church or man and you're trusting them with it. I get it. You want to. But is your heart where your treasure is? Is your heart in the place where you see the principle of first fruits to a place where it changes your life and your mindset is, you know what? If I'm not doing this, something's happening. Something's lurking at the door to keep prosperity or blessing from coming into my life. And I believe that when you have a heart of first fruits, you will never be in the place where you love it more than you do the one that's providing it. It's when you don't understand the principle is when you start to love it more than the one that's providing it. And for some reason, we got this thing all out of whack. And I know, can, can I be transparent with you as a pastor? I know it's because you're working hard for your money. And most of us in this room, many in this room, are paycheck to paycheck. Or you're miracle to Miracle. God wants to pull you out of paycheck to paycheck and take you away from miracle to miracle, from miracle to miracle, to where you are a miracle for other people. And if you can't see that yet, there might be some transformation of testing yourself daily to watch him prove himself if he won't do something he says he'll do. So let's dig into it. Go to Malachi. There's so much more in Exodus I wanted to pull out. I don't have time because we need to get to here so we can really land this where we need to go. Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 through 12. "'Will a man rob God? "'Yet you've robbed me. "'But you say, in what way have we robbed you? "'In tithes and offerings. "'You're cursed with a curse, "'for you've robbed me, even this whole nation. "'Bring all the tithes into the storehouse.'" From beginning to end, Genesis all the way into the new covenant, the storehouse is always representative of the church. Not the traveling minister, not all these. Anything beyond the church becomes an offering, not a tithe. Let's move on. That there may be food in my house and try me now, says the Lord of hosts, if I won't open up the windows of heaven. Now we've said to you in this series, this is the only place you can test God. Nowhere else in Scripture do you see the Scriptures tell you, test me. Try it. See if you like it. (laughs) And I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Here's what this scripture is simply saying. That if I tithe, I'll be blessed. If I don't tithe, I'm going to be cursed. God's not going to curse you, but you open up yourself to the sin. Open yourself up to the enemy to come steal the very thing that God's trying to get to you. And if you're not willing to do that, it's the consequences are there. They're in your hands, just like Cain. Cain had the option of choosing not to kill his brother. Cain had the option of changing and saying, you know what God, I'm sorry, I will change next time, you get the first one. But he was so wrapped up in his own provision, and his own envy, and his own jealousy, which happens, and so wrapped up in it, that it overtook him, and moved him, and sin jumped on his life. Curse came into his life. Now here's what happens with curse. We don't like the word curse in this life, because we think it's like devilish or witchy. Curse simply means there's a fallen world that's still very prevalent in the life that you live. Jesus redeemed you from that fallen world, redeemed you back so you don't have to live according. You can live God's way and watch what God will do in your life and see it work out for you. Now it's interesting. All along, we just found out this is the thing we're arguing over. Katie, come here. Come up here. You can stay there, that's fine. Now I want you to hold that really, really tight, okay? Show them. Hold it up there. No, no, it's just like that. God's only asking for 10%, one-tenth of every dollar. That don't mean something when it's a dime, but when it gets up to 1,000, that means a little bit more. And the number gets bigger, it's a little bit more challenging to do something with that. And if you don't think so, ask the person that's been doing it for a while. But even so, what happens is, hand me my bucket. Just give me the jar, that's fine. We're holding on to that so tight because of fear. And we're not willing to trust the first principle. That all along, God's sitting here trying to get money into you. We're holding on so tight to the world's way of doing things. We're trusting the boss to give me the job that I've been wanting for so long. And they might not like you. That might be why they're not giving you that job. (laughs) That might be why you've been applying and applying and applying and going from here and going from there. But ultimately, it's really not about the boss. Because if you keep putting your faith in the boss, you might not ever get the job. And God's trying to tell you, look, let, let, let me open the door for you. Open your hand. He says, I'll pour out so much of blessing into your life that there's not room enough to contain it. And any time somebody's got a lot to pick up before the day's over. Thank you, you can sit down. You can't have that either. What are we arguing about? He says, I'll bless you. I'll put blessing on you. Let's joke about that a little bit. The job you want, you're not attractive now, but you put the glory of God on you. You put the blessing of God on you. You become the most attractive thing in the world. People might hire you, not based upon your looks or even your qualifications. There's just something about you. What do you think that something about you is? You have a principle of first in your life. That that God is the treasure that I'm trusting my life to. You know what? All my years of 25, almost 25 years of full-time ministry, I've heard two testimonies, very consistent. Some of you won't like this at all. Two testimonies that are very consistent. Tithers always say, I'm blessed. I'm prospering. The non-tithers always say, I can't afford to do it. You'll never be able to afford to tithe until you tithe because it's the one thing that breaks the curse of the fallen world in your life. Now listen, don't get mad at me. I'm just telling you God's way of principle. There's a hundred thousand million different ways to live your life. And God's really give you the privilege to live it however you want. Because He says, look, you can do whatever you want as long as it glorifies God and it helps people, that's His principle, it's going to work out for you. But if we're putting each other first and putting yourself first and I'm trusting my income and my life into the hands of people, they're going to let you down. When that job is falling through and that job will be no more and you can't help that and you got your faith and trust in God and God's got the one next to you to step into, where's your trust in? But if it's in the man and the job's gone, your job's gone. Now let me take you to another place where this is even more personal. Brent, stand up here with me. I've done this before, I'm going to do it again. Josh, Jeff, come on. Stand here in front of me. I'm going to take five minutes and I'll let you go. I think it's very interesting to make note of first because we all know what it means. It's first. The most important question you can ever ask yourself when it comes to life itself is God first. When it comes to money, is God First. When it comes to first, or hope, is He first? Is He the first thing I hope in? When it comes to my marriage, is God first? Listen to me, if God's first in your life, you'll quit having those affairs. If God's in your life, you won't give up on your marriage. If He's first, you can't. If God's first in your life and somebody's beating you to a pulp, some guy's beating you up, he's going to get you out. Guess what? He'll show you how to get out and be set free so that the husband can get set free. But not until he's first. Because he's got to have something to work with. Now when it comes to you, the church, you're very personal to him. He gave his first for you. Now here's a simple quick example Hopefully it'll make some sense to you. Jeff, come on over, stand over here too. I'm getting ready to go away on a trip. I'm going to go away for a long time, six or seven months. And I need someone to take care of Pastor Tiffany. Other than my kids and Jesus, she's number one. Don't get in the way of us. Getting ready to marry my daughter this week is going to be us for sure. But I need you to take care of her. Matter of fact, I'm not even going to put that burden on you because you got too much. I'm going to put it on these guys. And so I'm going to give each one of them, I'm going to give Josh, I'm going to give Brent, and I'm going to give Jeff $10,000, each of them. Don't smile too much, that's not reality. <laughs> Could be. Trust me, if the Lord led me to it, I'd do it in a heartbeat. But not this morning. I need her taken care of. She means the world to me. I'll give my life for her. We're in covenant. I want to give each one of them 10,000 dollars to take care of. And guess what? All I want you to do is give her thousand dollars a month, and you can keep the 9000 dollars. It's yours. Do whatever you want to. You just give her thousand dollars, keep the nine, do whatever you want to. Keep the thousand dollars, the nine, do whatever you want to. I'm going for three or four months, five months, and I call up and I say, "Hey, baby, how you doing?" You know, just doing jaw. I can't wait to get back. Man, you're so hot. I miss you. I could talk a lot of dirty things right now, but I'm not going to do it. But <laughs> well, let me ask you something. How you been doing financially? you doing all right? Oh, yeah, yeah. How about, how about the three guys? Did you, I know, did you know I put them in charge of my finances so that they could help you make sure your needs were all taken care of and you would have, never be begging for anything? You would have all you would need. How about, how about Josh? Did, did, he, did he come through for you? And she said, oh, man, Josh, yeah, he's been giving me $1,000. On the first, you don't have to. We, it's never the second. It's always the first. The $1,000 is there. I said, man, that's good. I knew Josh would. I, I know him. I know his character. I know what he would do. How about Brent? Well, see, man, baby, guess what? He's been giving me $2,000. $2,000? All I wanted him to do is give you $1,000. Yeah, I don't, don't tell him not to do it anymore. Tell him to keep doing it. I like it. The extra $2,000. I got some things before you come back that are on the wall. Well how about Jeff baby? why are you quiet well i don't I don't <laughs> I, I don't I don't why are you quiet, baby? Well, listen, baby. I gave him money. I need to know what he's doing. Well, you know the first day he did all right he you know the first of the month, a thousand dollars came in, and then the but the second month only. He only gave me 700, but that's all right, I got plenty because Brent's giving me an extra 1,000. I'm good. No, no, baby, I need to know. Well, last, last month he only gave me three. Three? I gave him $10,000. I told him all he had to do was give you nine. Or keep the nine, give you the one. What about now? I haven't seen it yet. Are you kidding me? He could live on the nine. All he had to do was give you 1,000. You're my bride. You mean the world to me. Do you know something, guys? Matter of fact, baby, I tell you what. No, no, baby, please don't do it. it. I got to. I'm going to take what's his, the parable of the talents, and I'm going to spread it out here because they're going to take care of my bride. I can trust them with what I give them. The most important question you can ever ask yourself are you going to treat God first because it's personal to Him? It's personal to Jesus. Jesus was the first in line to redeem you back to the kingdom of God. And you're arguing over a little dime. And you're the bride of Christ, the church. He says, I want my bride, I want my church taken care of. It's not about the dime. It's not about the 90. It's about first principles, first the most important question you will ask and answer every time you get a paycheck. Am I going to trust God or am I going to trust mammon? Am I going to trust the world and how it provides for me? I can't answer that question for you. Thank you, guys. Give it up for the guys. One more scripture and I'll let you go. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your capital and sufficiency from righteous labors and with the first fruits. Honor, esteem. So shall your storage places be filled with plenty, and your vats shall be overflowing with new wine. I lied to you. Two more scriptures. Matthew six, thirty-three. Aim and strive after first of all his kingdom, and his righteousness. His way of doing and being right. And then all these things taken together will be given you besides. If God's consistently first in your life, everything else in your life will come into order and not until. Stand up with me this morning. The most important question in life, money, and hope. You've had four amazing weeks. To hear from the practical side, the consistent side, (laughs) the business side of an individual that's had to live it and do the tough things first, to now, what is the most important question that you've got to ask yourself when it comes to these three areas, God's way, how do I do it? There's no way we could, it take weeks to just go into every avenue of showing you how important this is to God. But sometimes I think we try to beg people and move people and do all kinds of crazy things when you just tell them what the Scripture says and if you just apply it, you'll see it consistently. you wondering why everything's got holes in it? Ask yourself, first things first, is that what's functioning in my life? And if it is, it's interesting. When it is, it leads you to the hope. That God will always make sure I'm not begging for bread. He knows yesterday, today, and He knows what tomorrow will be. I believe with all my heart in here right now, not just in the realm of finances, that some of us need to make some adjustments with first things first so that you don't lose the very things that are most important to you. God's not a taker of life. He's a giver of life. And His principles are meant to bring life and blessing to your life. And for some reason, we've allowed the world to get in. And we got more faith in that than the God that created it all. Manna from heaven, water from a rock. Have you ever done it? And He's wanting to get manna into your life. He's wanting to get uh, just so thirsty and dry and it's a low moment in your life and He's trying to get water to you all the time. He's trying to fill your hand up and you're holding on so tight because there's so much fear that, but what if? Test Him with the what if and see what he'll he would do. Every head bow.